Welcome to the I Am One podcast, where we chat with postpartum support international volunteers to discuss why and how exactly they're supporting the mental health of new families. I'm your host, Danny Giddens. I'm a perinatal mental health certified advocate, a support group leader in my community, and a staff member here at PSI. Hearing one person's story on a podcast changed the trajectory of my life. It was the catalyst to me opening up about my undiagnosed postpartum anxiety, depression, and OCD, processing my own trauma, and realizing that advocacy is my life's work. I'm joined by my co-host, Emily Jankowski-Newton. It's me! I'm the co-host, director of PSI's Climb Out of the Darkness program. We've discovered that there is strength in processing trauma and empowerment in sharing stories. So that's what we're here to do. Our guests will take us on their journey from pregnancy or adoption through their low on to getting help and finding themselves again. And finally, how they're making a difference today. As I always say, it's the coolest club you didn't want to join because being a part of PSI means we went through something. And as a result, I've become connected to the coolest, kindest, most fun people that I would have otherwise never had the chance to meet. One of the most important things that we've learned is that we're not alone. There's something powerful in knowing I am one of many. Whether you're already connected to the perinatal mental health world, looking for ways to support parents and families, or just want to hang out with us in your earbuds, we're so glad you tuned in. And who knows, maybe we'll hear from you next. On today's episode, we're chatting with Kate Jaskowitz, a perinatal mental health advocate and mother of four from Syracuse, New York. Kate has chosen to dedicate much of her time to supporting pregnant and postpartum parents as a volunteer of PSI after experiencing perinatal mental health complications of her own. We'll hear briefly about her traumatic birth after an unplanned cesarean, as well as something I just don't think we talk about enough, postpartum rage and the shame that often accompanies it. Today's episode is a great mix of serious and silly, so without any further ado, please enjoy this episode with our friend Kate. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the I Am One podcast are the speaker's own. Tuning into this podcast is not a replacement for therapy or any other form of professional help. Our discussions cover personal stories of perinatal mental health disorders and may feel triggering to some listeners. Your number one priority is to take care of yourself. So if you are in need of support, please reach out to the PSI Helpline by calling or texting H-E-L-P to 1-800-944-4773 for help in English and in Spanish. At PSI, we want you to know you are not alone, you are not to blame, and with help, you will be well. Okay, let's get on with the podcast. Kate, welcome to the podcast studio. We are so happy to have you here. I am so happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know you very well, so I'm excited to hear all about you and uh, you know, hear all, all the details. Dive into the details. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much for being here. If you would be so kind, Kate, would you give us please a little bit of an introduction to who you are? I would love to. I am Kate. I'm in central New York in Syracuse, and I have been here in Syracuse for over 20 years. Holy cow. I am mom to four, so I have two amazing bonus daughters. Um, My two stepdaughters, they are almost 16 and almost 14. God help me. The teenage years are (laughs) amazing. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yep. And then I am mom to Bernadette, who is eight, 
going on 1920. So there's that too. And then my, our, our finale, we call him the Jaskowitz finale, Miles, our boy, and he's six. So he, he still loves me. And that's, oh yeah, yeah, he still loves me. Good job, Miles. Thanks, Miles. So I am right now, and you know, I used to preface this by saying, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Mm -mm. I'm a stay-at-home mom, girlfriend. Yep, Mm -hmm. I am a stay-at-home mom. Those were some snaps. Yeah, snaps. And of course, Miles is in school. So it's been now a couple of years that I've been a stay-at-home mom without little ones at home. However, um, I do still work. I do social media for a national franchise called Mamleta, which is a mommy and me fitness business. And I used to own a franchise here in Syracuse, New York. I closed that in the summer of 2022. COVID kind of helped with that, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. But I am a certified personal trainer and group fitness instructor. Um, And then, as I said, I do some social media for Mamleta HQ. And then I'm mom extraordinaire for four super busy kids. So... Yeah. Wait, your kids do after school activities? Because I cannot pay mine to do after school activities. Every single one of them. Oh. So we, I am so blessed. My in-laws live essentially like around the corner and they are the most amazing human beings ever. As are my parents, but my parents are like an hour away. So basically every Sunday night, I call my mother-in-law and I'm like, hey, grandma. Okay, so we need like family meeting for the week. Yep. That's amazing. She's like writing it down. Got it. Okay. It's like you're oh. on my calendar every single Sunday because it's insanity. Yeah. Like I was, I was an athlete, right? Like I, before school and after school, swim practice, I was doing two a days. I was going to like junior Olympics. I like athletics was life, mm-hmm. right? So it's weird to me. Like, it's a me thing. I'm working through it. But I had this expectation of parenting, as as we do, that it would include a lot of that. And it hasn't. Yeah. Um, so I'm resolving that for myself. Yeah. It's, it is. It is. My husband is constantly saying, well, when I was in high school, and I'm like, babe, very different time. <laughs> like, things are right. so different. But I'm with you. Because I would feel the same way. Because, yeah, I was very involved. And I'm I'm so glad my kids are. But I'm also like... Holy moly. <laughs> it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Busy, busy. Yeah. Well, Kate, could you, um, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about the role that uh, perinatal mental health disorders have played in your life? Absolutely. So, you know, if it's cool, I kind of want to start with a couple of revelations that I've had now as what I would consider myself to be a survivor of. Mm-hmm. Of, of all the things. Two of those big things were that one, I had two, I wouldn't say traumatic, but I had unplanned birth situations. Mm. Both of my babies were considered low birth weight um, with Bernadette. So again, my, my two youngest are my, my biological babies. At my 37-week appointment, my OB, regular, totally regular appointment, he was like, oh, you know, you're losing weight. And I was like, oh, well, that's not okay. Um, So they did it quickly, did an ultrasound and realized that I had like little to no fluid left. 
And he was like, you're not working, right? And I'm like, no, yeah, like full time. Like I literally worked at a hospital for a foundation for the hospital. And I was like, I literally plan on like water breaking, walking across the street <laughs> to have this baby. So I'm working till the bitter end. He's like, yeah, no. <laughs> change of plans. Yeah, so change of plans. So literally my boss was so amazing. Called my husband bawling. I'm like, you have to come pick me up. Like we're done. Anyway, had an induction with Bernadette um, and everything actually went really well with her. I mean, it really, the whole, the whole scenario went really great. Perfect, beautiful, tiny little thing, but perfect little baby girl. Um, amazing. So once I got pregnant with Miles, my, my little guy, my OB, who was amazing, she was like, listen, we're going to, you know, this is, um, it's called um, intrauterine growth restriction. And it does tend to occur you know, with subsequent pregnancies. And so we're just going to keep track, you know. So at about my 20-week appointment, they did an ultrasound and they realized that, yes, Miles was very small and my fluid was very low. And so from 20 weeks on, and now mind you, I had a toddler, two school-aged stepdaughters, but, you know, we're here 50% of the time. Two times a week, I was at the hospital for an ultrasound and a non-stress test, two times a week. And that, that test takes like 45 minutes or an hour and a half or something yeah. like that, right? Like yeah. you're not in and out. <laughs> No, you're not in and out. And it's like, I mean, basically I would bring like cookies to the ultrasound staff at the house. I'm like, hi guys, here I am. Like, make sure baby boy's good. I, mm-hmm. it's so bad. I mean, you can maybe see some of them in the background. I probably by like the 10th time I was there, they're like, do you want a picture? I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, I don't need yeah. another oh. picture. <laughs> Like I have 35 of these at home. I'm so. pretty good. So I literally cannot open my refrigerator right now. I'm good. So little Miles Robert decided at 36 weeks, right before 36 weeks, like 35 and a half weeks, that he was like, Yeah, no, your placenta is useless to me. Like, I'm good. Fluid is down. And so my OB was like, Okay, yeah, we're inducing. Great. So in for a lot of moms who've experienced an induction many times, I will say, and I've heard that the second time around is a little bit less stressful, a little, you know what to expect. Your yeah. your body kind of like with subsequent pregnancies and births kind of knows what to do. It's like, oh, we've been here before. Yeah, like, right. So you hear that. So things are really going really great. We go to the hospital and like everything's going really well. And it's so funny because I was just listening to the latest podcast on here because of course I love this podcast. Ooh. I am one. I love you. And <laughs> <laughs> we love you too. Yeah. It's the mom. I just felt like everything was going really, really well. And then, but I walked in there saying like, like, dude, give me, the epidural is like, yes, as soon as it's mm-hmm. time. I'm here for really? my epidural. Yeah, I'm here. Hi. Hi. There's, oh yeah. I forgot. I'm <laughs> like, I'm having a baby, but I'm totally here. Yeah. And so they did. So as soon as I hit, and I went quick, 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 four or five centimeters, whatever, had the epidural. And then all of a sudden, so my husband is in the room. Originally, the anesthesiologist told my husband he had to leave. And I was like, no, that's not happening. No, no. Like, he has to be here for that. So he's standing there. Then all of a sudden, the nurse kind of just like grabs my husband by the shoulder and just says, you have to get out of here. And he's like, what? What? I don't understand. I have no idea what's going on. Like you're like conscious and fine. Conscious and fine feeling like already feeling like sweet. It's doing its job. Like this is great. And I can say like, I kind of look over, I look up at my husband and he's like pale. And the nurse is just like, you know, what did you do? So the anesthesiologist, all that happened was they sort of, they put too much medication into the actual whatever needle. And so I started to crash. 
like blood pressure, everything. Meanwhile, again, I was still, I was okay. And I'm just kind of like reading the room and I'm like, is this, am I okay? Is the baby okay? And she's like, listen, she's like, I have to worry about you first to the nurse. She's like, I'm worrying about you right now, not the baby. I'm like, okay. And then they kind of just sit me back. And then the anesthesiologist has like this huge needle and he's like, can you feel your leg? I'm like, no, he's like, good. So he just stabs a thing of adrenaline into my leg just to bring my blood pressure back up. And then I was fine. It was fine. Like, oh, wow. But I, but in the moment, that's intense. It's super intense. And when my husband and I talk about it, it was like way more intense for him than it was for me because, again, I had no idea. So, this is what I'm saying. Like, I have these revelations even years later. Again, Miles is six years old. I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, that's a bit of a traumatic birth in a way because it also it set me way back time. Like, I would probably would have had him hours earlier, but they had to mm. stop Pitocin. They had my labor stopped and everything just to make sure that everything was good. And so, it was a much longer laboring process because right, of that. Like, what's uh I know I'm like I I'm thinking this little dude's come in like today like I'm ready to write his birthday on his little baptism cup but you don't know so that has been a revelation for me as I've as I thought more and more about it the other part of that with having two babies with intrauterine restriction is that I was also a geriatric mother Rude. so can we please stop using that term like yep, officially isn't it isn't it so I was told that. So uh, my my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was in my early 30s. And so mm. when my husband and I started talking about getting pregnant, my OB actually said to me that she wanted me to have a baseline mammogram mm-hmm. at 35 before I get pregnant. And then she's like, well, because you know, if you get pregnant after 35, it'll be a geriatric pregnancy. I was like, I don't even Okay. Anyway. Because I had my daughter, right? So I had my daughter at 35 and then my son at 37. And so that was a whole, that played a whole nother part in my, in this like whole revelation going back and thinking like, really didn't feel that old, but apparently I was like, put me out to pasture. I should be not having kids. I can only imagine that messaging like that is, it can't not create a narrative for you. It's like, they're defining part of your story. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. It was, um, you know, I, I understand the, the science, I guess, behind that term. But when you're in, in the midst of it and you feel like a really healthy mom and you're doing the best you can, but then add on top of that, some of these complications I had, and that's where I was started to feel like, uh, so fast forward to answer, finally answer your question, really, honestly. It's all related. It's all, it is. And this is, again, this is why I kind of wanted to start like at the end, because I think, I feel like there are other moms that probably could sit here and be like, okay, wow, I'm having like the same sort of revelations. Mm -hmm. After Miles arrived and I was home then with both Bernadette, who at that time had just turned two, and then I came home with Miles and he was early and he did tend to have a little bit more respiratory illness and just kind of like really just needed extra attention. That's when I started to really recognize that I was feeling not right. And for me, my postpartum mental health disorder journey started with rage, which we don't talk about really, I don't think nearly enough. Not enough. Definitely. Not. I 
would just like the fact that I would have to Bernadette would go to the bathroom and I'd have to change her diaper. And then immediately after miles would do the same thing. And I would just be like, why can't you poop two hours apart? Like, why do you have to poop at the same time? Like, like just having this conversation in my head. And then it really came to a T when they, it had been like days and days of this going on where I just couldn't understand why they were doing the same things. Of course they were two and a newborn, like pooping and peeing and needing to be fed and this and that. And I was changing Miles' diaper and my phone was sitting next to him. And I literally just couldn't take, I like grabbed my phone and I just chucked it across my kitchen. And it of course shattered into a million pieces. And I told my husband when he got home that it had fallen. Like I was like, I don't know what happened. Like I was grabbing a bottle and it must've fallen off the counter, but like, I need to go and get it fixed like by myself. Like you need to stay home with them. I can't. I can't be here right now. I need a phone. I have to go get it fixed. And it was that that moment where I was just like, wow. Um, okay. Because that very easily could have been a really, really much worse situation. That rage, that I'm out of control feeling. Absolutely. And that, that led to like the depression and the anxiety around those actions. And I was like, why are you acting like this? Because then it's all shame. It's it's just a shame spiral at that point. Total yeah. shame. And lying to my husband. I mean, I literally lied to I'm like, oh, babe, it fell off the counter. Like, and it, it, fell, like it fell real hard. It fell real hard. <laughs> yeah. So at that point, Kate, had you shared with anybody in your life, anybody close with you about how you were really feeling? No. You know, it's interesting because I had really very very few, if any moments after Bernadette, my eight-year-old, like Mm -hmm. of those sorts of feelings. And so I just expected it to go the same way with Miles, that everything Mm. would be fine. Right. I am very blessed. My husband is an absolutely amazing, amazing human being, amazing partner, amazing father. And if not right then, soon thereafter, that incident is when I really said to him, I need help. Like something Mm. is not right. But he was the only one like I didn't talk to my parents about it. Not because I didn't, they would totally have understood. I just, that whole shame thing you say, I'm like, like, wow. I too had rage. So I am picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, scary. And it's, yeah, it feels bad. It just felt so, ugh. And it's like, um, to try to give it a, like, relatable to any adult listening. Like, if you are in your car and someone cuts you off. That by itself is like, fine, right? Like, whatever, you're clearly, wherever you're going is real important. But if it's that on top of, you went to the grocery store because you needed something and they didn't have it, so you had to go to a different store across town. And now once it compounds, like any one or two layers of stress are manageable. But it's like, once it feels like everything is stressful and everything is too much, Yep. That, that for me is where my, when my brain goes to rage. Yep. Exactly. No, that's beautifully put because that's exactly it. Yeah. Do you suffer from anxiety, Kate? Or I don't know if suffer from anxiety is the right terminology. Yeah. Do you have anxiety? No. Oh yeah. Are you rocking some anxiety? Yeah. It's yeah. now, I will tell you I'm, I'm, I'm rocking it now because medication is God's gift when you when you need it and when it works for you. So I am rocking it now, to be honest. Like early in my early 20s for a little bit, I had some anxiety, but there's nothing like 
motherhood anxiety. There's nothing like having a small human being that you're taking care of anxiety. Even if you have, I feel like, yeah, if, I feel like a lot of a lot of people have anxiety when they're younger and everything and they and they deal with it in a way. But I feel like there's no preparation for what that what a level of anxiety when you're like leaning over and putting your hand on your baby to make sure they're still breathing at night and then sitting up at night and being like, oh, my gosh, if I don't nurse them right now, can I like should I could I give them a bottle? Am I ruining them? You know, like it's just there's like a whole world of oh my goodness, when you become a mom, you know? Yeah. Cause you're, you can, you're like looking at the future too. Like you're mm-hmm. dealing with the present, which is a lot, but then you're like, okay, every decision I make right now could have a lasting impact. Spoiler alert. If you're listening to this and you're like, every decision I make, no, no, not actually, but that's no. what your brain might be telling you. And it's not helpful. No. <laughs> or correct, not. frankly. I totally appreciate that. And that kind of like the reason why I wanted to start out with some of these revelations that I've had two, three, four, five years, like post my journey is just to say, like, I recognize what I went through. But more importantly, I recognize what I went through and came out on the other side from which is what happens, you know, especially when you seek help and you're not alone. And it's okay to look back and go, I went through some stuff. Holy cow. Like I went through some stuff. and. I know I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so. I'm curious what seeking help looked like for you. You said you mentioned it to your husband. I really think I'm not feeling like myself. I need some help. What happened next? So if it wasn't that day, and I'm trying to remember again, because, you know, well, first of all, I'm geriatric. So I'm having a So I was I was teaching um, at a YMCA, and I believe it was this day where I had actually started taking an, um, a specific anti-anxiety medication, and it I felt like it just it wasn't working for me. It was sort of making things worse. So again, like always, always advocate for yourself. You know, if you have someone that you're working medication wise with, which I did not do at first, and I literally stopped at cold turkey, which please don't ever do. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. without your mm-hmm. without your physician, make sure you are always, you know, in contact with your physician of all those kinds of things. And so I started to have hallucinations one morning when I was just about to get both babies in the car to take them to the Y to teach a class. Oh wow. And I remember being like, Yeah, I I'm I at least knowing that like I should not get in the car with my babies. And so I called my husband and I was like, This is what's happening right now. And he he's like I'm on my way home and on my way home, I'm calling the doctor and you're going in today and we'll, we'll all go. And so the oh. four, he, he came home, picked up the four of us, went to the office and I saw, I think I saw a PA that morning and he was amazing. I mean, I'm in there just bawling and oh. he's just like listening to me and he's like, here's where we're going to start. And it was amazing. So, and again, like my husband has this, like such an incredibly supportive the agency that he works for, the partners there are extremely supportive. They're like, take the time you need. Like, she has to be okay. You can't like, yeah, don't leave her. Yeah. yeah, whatever you yeah. need. And so, yeah, and that was just kind of it. And for me, thank God, that cocktail of medications that I was put on started to to work mm-hmm. and to help. And I could still, you know, and, and that was part of it too. Like breastfeeding was very important to me. Although we were supplementing with formula, which again, I was like, I was long as he's eating and he's happy. and 
our pediatrician was amazing. He's I'm like with Miles, he just wanted to nurse around the clock. And I was like, listen, at some point I just, I have to have a break. And he was like, yep. And he's doing amazing. And if you want to give him some formula, why don't you do that? Knock yourself out. Yeah. I'm so blessed with the whole medical team between my pediatricians and my primary care, my OB. So. Oh, and way to say something. I mean, way to call your husband. Yeah. yeah. I just knew. And again, I'm, I do encourage mamas that are listening to this to go back and listen to the other podcasts because it's so empowering. Hmm. The stories of the women here that have been talking about how they advocate for themselves, but also just, and simply on the grounds of like, something is not right. Yeah. Yeah. It is okay to say something. If, if you just don't feel like yourself and you don't know what it is called, which was the case for me, like I didn't know. I was surprised mm-hmm. at myself. Right. Like I had no idea postpartum rage was a thing. Yeah. So during your experience seeking help, did you find PSI that way? Did somebody kind of tell you about PSI along? I mean, did you find out about us yesterday? Tell us. No. <laughs> not, not yesterday. I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> Thank God for you guys. So uh-huh. um, I actually... So again, Miles having like health issues, I quit. I had a very unsupportive job when he was first born. And so literally quit like in the middle of the night and was like not doing this. And that's when I decided to purchase what was Baby Boot Camp, which is now Momletta, which is the franchise. And in doing that, it really opened up a whole world, a whole community of other moms and other resources for women that were going through exactly what I was going through that I had no idea about. One of them being my previous employer, which was Krause Hospital here in Syracuse. That's where I worked with a foundation and they have absolutely amazing perinatal support program. I mean, and Krause Hospital here in Syracuse, they have the most births there. They have like a level four NICU there. It's just an amazing Ooh, institution. Incredible. And some of the nurses and the women that are involved with with Kraus were involved with PSI. And I was like, this sounds really cool. Like a local, the local New York chapter. And they have, Kraus has a really amazing support group that they run for women that are usually referred to the program from, by their physicians, because they're at a point in their postpartum journey where their physician understands like, this is probably really helpful. Like this is something they need. Yeah. And so when I was with Mom Lutta and teaching fitness classes, they asked if I would come and volunteer at the support groups and do like safe, simple, very loving, gentle movement with mommy and baby. So once a month, I would go to their support group. So I did that for a long time. And in doing that, and then understanding more about the local New York chapter of PSI, I was like, this thing is really cool. Yeah, I wish I had had this structured in a way support group when I was going through this. But I will say that the community and I'm experiencing this now with you ladies and with my Mm. peers, just how amazing the community is and how life-saving it has been. And so it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I actually reached out and was like, I'm in a really good place now and I want to be a volunteer. Like I I want to be a mentor to another mama that's dealing that's my dog by the way she oh (laughs) that's allowed that's allowed this is a pet friendly podcast he's my self-care buddy so i was like 
this is something I want to do. And so that's how I, I, I found out about PSI through the local New York chapter and then realized that there were way more opportunities with PSI International. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to, I need, I want to do something. I want to be paired up with another mama that's going through what I went through. And oh, the peer mentor program. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. the, it's like the most amazing yes. thing ever. And can I tell you that my second peer mentor, my peer and I, she and I met in person um, a few weeks ago, and it was like the best thing I've ever experienced oh, in my life to my hug gosh. her. And it was the best thing ever. Yeah, it Did was you awesome. communicate with this peer on the phone or on Zoom or just via text or what? All, all the above? or Yes, yes, and yes. Text, oh, text mostly, interesting. phone, Zoom, FaceTime, a lot of FaceTiming with her. Wow. Yeah. And it was, yeah. And then I was like, listen, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods randomly. Would you want to grab some coffee? And she's like, oh my God. And it was, I mean, we hugged for like 25 minutes. I was like, (laughs) don't ever let go. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Like that brings the whole experience like full circle. And it was after, like after your time with them had ended. After our time. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Peer support. That's where it's at. It's amazing. Yes. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. And aren't you volunteering in another capacity as well? I'm a mentor and I've had three and just waiting for more because mm-hmm. I'm I'm here for all of it. Are you a climb leader? I am a climb leader. Oh, oh, weird. Yeah, okay. I was getting, I think, yeah. <laughs> I, trick question. Trick question. <laughs> Wait, we knew the answer. <laughs> what is the name of your climb? I, I am. I, which I am so so excited about um this will be the first climb in Syracuse, New York. Team Syracuse. Team Syracuse. We mm-hmm. are going to do an October climb. The weather here will be absolutely perfect for that. Oh and man. Beautiful. I know it's gonna be amazing. And thank you, Emily, for the idea. We're looking at locations like apple orchards and Ooh. that kind of thing, because how family friendly and amazing will that be? We have so oh many here. It's like prime time for that. So I'm really excited for that, partially because like first time and I'm great, but also I started when I, when I decided to close my local mom water franchise, I decided to start a totally free, totally informal support group for mamas here in the Syracuse area. It's called Health Strength Love. And it's just mamas, we just get together. In fact, they're all going to support. They're all going to come out. Like, this is for them. This is the reason why uh, I do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And there are some moms that are like at the same place that I am, but there are so many other mamas that have much younger little ones that are just like in the trenches and right now and just like, please tell me it gets better. Mm-hmm. You know, this and that. And it's just like, just to be able to be there for them, there's nothing better really to be on this side, you know? Agreed. Like you say, I'm like it's the worst club you never want to be a part of. Is that what you say? In the, say your thing, Emily. <laughs> coolest club that I did not want to join. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's so true because these women are like my best friends in the entire world, and there's nothing that I want to see more than to for them to understand that it does get it does get better. It does. Yeah, and that's all people. I mean, sometimes that's like the very beginning of healing for somebody, or the very beginning of seeking help. Yeah. You're doing great. Agree. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Kate, is there something we have not mentioned? We've not asked you about. I would say 
you know, there's, there's a whole new, there's a whole different world of parenting teenagers and then like younger kiddos Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, give your, giving myself grace for parenting those two sets of human beings in a very different way is okay. And having like all the feels around that. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. when when we talk about being a survivor of, of whatever journey that you've been on, that's awesome. It's also okay to sit back and go, I'm having a little setback today. Like I like, wow, I just need to step back. Like I need husband, partner, somebody to step in for a minute. Like I need to step back because I'm feeling some feels like I'm like super triggered right now for some reason. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're, those triggers do not define you anymore. That's Mm -hmm. what I, when I talk to my peers, like I'm always like, that's not defining you anymore where, where it was. And it was like, had its grip on you. It does not anymore that you have the power now that does not have the power over you anymore. Like, and that's the beauty of being on the other side of that journey. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I need to be able to have this recording published like right now so that I can play (laughs) all of these nuggets on repeat. You know how sometimes you're like, I didn't know what I needed to hear until I heard it that Mm -hmm. I'm having that moment right now. And I'm telling you, like going back and listening to all of the previous podcasts, I am one pot, like, I'm like, girlfriend. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Holy cow. Yes. And like my husband gets home from work and I'm like, you got to listen to this. Like, do you like remember? (laughs) And he's just like, okay. And I'm like, no, but oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Never have you, never will you ever feel alone. Like, yeah, those, Mm. and those nuggets too. Like, even if I didn't experience the same exact diagnosis or undiagnosis that somebody, another mama did. It's like, Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Okay. It feels good hearing somebody else share something vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's like, yeah, I, I felt some big things too. And I, I can also, for me, you know, duh, everybody knows that. Yeah. Hearing somebody else share their story helped me share, you know, process mine. And anyway, it is very empowering. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a uh, like a miniature memoir, right? Like if you're if you're telling an important story that someone needs to hear, but you're ending that story with like some sense of resolution, but also, as you said, we're all still growing. We're all still gonna have a bad day. Gonna have a day like my Mother's mm-hmm. Day, where my kids got into a water fight in my kitchen, and I full on lost my shenanigans at them. <laughs> it was not my best mom moment, but I, but again, that does not define me. Like that was yeah. a moment in time that it's not core to who I am. I was just going to say that healing after or feeling recovered maybe, I guess is what I want to say, after a, a perinatal mental health disorder doesn't mean that it's all rainbows and unicorns from here on out. And sometimes kind of like, well, I say it a lot. I'm a survivor. But also it's important to me to share. I also really have hard times still. Like I'm not experiencing postpartum. I mean, I'm like super postpartum. Post, (laughs) post. Like post, post, postpartum. Yeah. There's not this plateau that we're all trying to get to, right? That's like, okay, I had a hard time after I had a baby and now everything's cool. No, no, no. That's not reality because we every day is a series of ups and downs and it's still cool to talk about it. 
Let's keep talking about feelings. Like, which is why I started this, my group here in Syracuse, because I was like, you know, I wonder like, well, my, you know, my youngest is like 10, 50. I'm like, okay. And you still realize you're postpartum, like you have a child. So you will, mm-hmm. for the rest of your life, you're postpartum. And yeah. it, it's not just a physical, like it's everything. And it's okay to keep talking about it at all the different yeah. stages and phases, 100%. Yeah. Snaps to that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're here, darn it. I almost broke into like, spoken word to ask you the first question of the lightning round. But Kate, are you interested in a, some fun que- answering some fun questions for us? I'm ready. I would love okay. it. I would love it. Kate, besides this podcast, what's your favorite podcast? Oh my gosh. Okay. Or podcasts. No, there's no judgment here, right? Okay, no judgment. Absolutely one, not. Just us. One, the first one, and other friends. no one will judge, is Happier <laughs> with Gretchen Rubin and her sister. Love that because mm-hmm. the, the two of them are so cute together. And I just like love their topics. Okay. And then the other one is Stassi Schroeder. I absolutely adore her. I'm a huge Bravo fan. Yeah, so those are my two go-tos. Great. Are you a fan of having a book in your hand or a book in your ear? Okay. I am 75% book in ear, 25% book in hand. So I'm in a book club. And so it just depends on like what the, what the, you know, do I have an audible credit? Like if I do, then it's book in ear. Yes. Oh, I love discovering that there's audible credits available. Yes. And um, my drifty dog, my baby boy here, book an ear because he and I go for really long walks during the day oh, now. I love a walk with a... I do. With an audiobook. But, and I just like wave at the neighbors and I'm like, don't talk to me. I can't hear you. I love you. I'm, I'm listening to my book. Yeah. Great book in here. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. This is me time right now. Just yeah. wave. Keep walking. Are you reading or listening to anything fabulous that you'd like to recommend? I am. Okay. So I, for some reason, just started, I wanted to revisit some of the classics. So I Mm. just started rereading Saint Maybe and like the Thornbirds, you know, like old school classics. And then um, again, we, so I, I'm in a book club and we, we meet once a month and we're like 50, 50 thriller. So Jodi Picoult, like anything she writes. and then. We also do some, like, every other month, we'll do a really racy rom-com, like, really racy, Ooh. like, like can't, can't be playing in the minivan while we're taking kids to soccer practice rom-coms, and there's one really, I'm listening to right now by Megan Quinn that's really good, so, yeah. What's it called? Greatest Catch, or is it Catch something? Oh. Greatest Catch. It's, yeah, it's, it's borderline, yeah, you, your kids can't, it's got to, yeah, turn it <laughs> off in the van. In the minivan, for mm. sure. Adult ears only. <laughs> Adult ears only. <laughs> Kate, what is your best parenting hack? Oh, my best parenting hack. Okay. Yeah. Um, not, not to sound like, it's not a laziness thing, I promise. Okay. I am it's all about, like, f- I know. Well, I, yeah. I mean, fully promoting creative play with your kids. And mm. so... For me, like that was a really hard thing to overcome because I don't like mess. I don't like chaos, but like even mess, like even Play-Doh and sandboxes because my kids are so independent and have been for years and years because they just kind of built their own creative environments um, in their imagination, the things that they do with just going outside and playing or whatever. And honestly, 
yeah, it, it also means that mommy can still just kind of sit there for a minute and yeah. chill out. And so I really like promote that creative play. Let them pretend to be a dinosaur for, you know, or whatever, you know. Yep. I like that. That's all good. You yeah. know, it's not our job to keep our kids entertained all the time. And I think that there's a lot of pressure yeah. to do that oh, now. Yeah. Kate, <laughs> what is what is one way that you'll show yourself some radical love today? Oh, I am I am really excited to go over to my girlfriend Heather's house Ooh, for our, Heather. our monthly our monthly support group meeting. And yes. we're gonna sit we're gonna sit outside and little fire pit action. My parents yes. are coming today, so they're gonna be home with the babies. Great. Yeah, just talk about all the things. Yeah. That all sounds fabulous. I'd totally crash your party, but it would take me forever to get there. It might take you a little bit to get there, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to do the country. math. Like, if I leave now. <laughs> a fire will be going. The fire will be going. Fire w- the fire would probably still be going. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, do you want to ask your favorite new question? My favorite question is, how do you take your water? <laughs> bubbles, no bubbles, flavor, no flavor, ice? Oh, lots and lots and lots of ice. Super cold. Oh. Which is, yeah, super cold. super cold. Flavor, no flavor? No flavor. Super, super cold water. It's got to be like, like freeze my throat cold. Yeah. Got it. Awesome. I need to do better about the water intake. Yeah. That's why I'm asking, honestly. <laughs> Get some ideas. Just okay. collecting data. Yeah. Collecting data. Kate, if anybody is in the Syracuse area and, you know, you your mention of the climb piques their interest, is there a great way... What's the easiest way for people to get a hold of you? Oh, yeah, please. So um, we have a Facebook and an Instagram. Both of them are Syracuse, New York, Climb Out of the Darkness Walk. Instagram is at Climb Out Syracuse, New York. And then my personal Instagram is at Kate Jazzer, J-A-Z-Z-E-R. And I would love to connect with any mama that wants to connect with me. You'll see on, on on Instagram that I'm totally, totally transparent, vulnerable in many mm-hmm. ways too with my journey and all the things yeah. being a mom. And yeah, but I would love for you to connect with me for the climb. Um, in October, I should be finalizing the date. It will be either October 14th or 15th this year. Just oh, waiting to hear from one of the orchards. And um, yeah, I'm just like really excited. Great. We'll make sure that we put links to all of these fabulous things, including your contact information in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing about your experience and talking about the great ways that you support people and why it's so important to talk about feelings and, and, you know, connect with others. So thank you for being here, Kate. Thank you for having me, ladies, and for everything you do and really for this podcast because it it really is amazing. I really thank you. So happy to be a part of it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the I Am One podcast. Check out today's show notes where we'll drop links to all the important things that we mentioned in this episode. Please consider sharing about I Am One on social media and following and rating our show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. It only takes a minute of your time and, well, that'll help our collective mission of bringing resources and local support to folks worldwide. From everyone here at PSI, thanks again for listening.